Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace the Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Embrace the Musica this week, Jennifer. I feel so lucky to have such a great community of people and of friends here in Guadalajara. And there's women from all over the world who I know are also enjoying this journey, this sort of international life or living abroad or expat journey. Um, so this week I've invited my friend Jennifer and we've known each other. I she can maybe confirm this but i think it's been a couple years now yeah yeah okay and i know we were just starting to hang out a little bit more before the pandemic hit so i look forward to getting to hang out again hopefully soon um but jennifer thank you so much for being on the podcast this week can you just introduce yourself and tell us where you're from and what initially took you abroad yeah yeah thanks dominique for having me um Uh, I'm excited to get to do this. Uh, I am a Southern girl, um, born and raised in the South. Uh, Met my husband when we were 18, dated all the way until we got married, um, and just continued living in Alabama. Um, And so really never pictured ourselves living anything but that small town, Southern, almost stereotypical life that you you know, you hear about. Um, And then uh, 2015, my husband accepted a job position with the United States State Department. And we moved our family uh, to DC. At that time, we had um, two girls and then a new baby, George, who was like six months old. And we started our journey into the Foreign Service. And um, Lived in D.C. for a year, got trained, and then um, moved to Sri Lanka, actually, in 2016. So that kind of was how we started this expat life. Um, Never thought that a life in South Asia would be where we ended up (laughs) um, for, you know, a young architect. And um, I really only... I mean, at that time, wasn't even working. So, you know, it was just, just not where we pictured our life (laughs) but I love that and I love that you're so open to all these new adventures and surprises and I'd forgotten that you told me that you met your husband when you were 18 but if I remember correctly didn't you just post a photo because you guys celebrated your anniversary and you had a picture of like when you guys first met or something Yes, yes. It was at his family lake house and we had been dating like two or three months. So it was, you know, like 1997. Um, And, you know, it was it was just one of those things that we met and we automatically just liked each other and became really good friends and just never stopped being friends, but grew into a lot more. And so, 
here we are today. (laughs) I love that. Um, So you said you moved to Sri Lanka. That was your first international move. Um, So how did it feel making that leap? Because you moved there. You said you had three kids or you have three kids. And I know a lot of friends who are kind of in this space looking to move abroad. They worry about that sort of right time to move abroad. You know, they wait for their kids to be a certain age or something like that. How did you and Eric decide that this is something you wanted to do? Well, I would, um, you know, at the the same time that I say we never pictured our lives anywhere, but that small town Alabama lifestyle, we both had just that wonderlust, you know, that, I mean, we would watch like House Hunters International and go, how did people do it? How do you get overseas? Like, you know, just these little like dream pipe dreams. And then, um, when Eric got his master's, um, through that program, he met someone in the foreign service and that's how we even started going, this could actually happen for us. It really could not have been worse timing for us because the journey into the state department is long and arduous journey. There's a lot of background checks, a lot of making it through certain levels of interviews and then waiting months for the next set of interviews and things like that. So the process was, about a year long and in the middle of that we found out we were pregnant um with George my baby um and so I would be lying if I didn't say that there was a huge pause in like what what are we thinking like we're about to uproot our family and take our new baby or you know away from everybody we know and love like this is insane but um our, you know, we have a very strong faith and we just uh, prayed over it and we were just like, okay, God, we're just going to take one step at a time. And if ever it's not the right step, shut the door, because that's the only way we feel like we're going to be able to know because, you know, our family, they were like, I can't believe we're doing this. I mean, you know, it was just, and not in a negative way, but in a like, where did it come from? You know? So for families that are looking to make that leap, I just think it has to be right for you. And there might not be anything on paper that makes it right. It might just be the right thing to do. If you are, um, if you're married and you're in line with your spouse, you know, if you're both feeling it, um, you know, we were very positive in the talks that we had with our children. We kept the lines of communication open and, you know, We just did it. And when we found out Sri Lanka was our post, I think that that probably, the fact that I had to look it up on a map to figure out where we were even going, worked to our benefit because we had zero expectations. We just didn't know what it all could be like. And that might've been a very naive way to approach it, but it worked for us because, you know, we just were like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And we did, and it worked out great. It was hard. It was yeah. really hard. No, but I, it it did great. You know, I so. can only imagine, and just the, yeah, such a huge change from, yeah, Alabama to D.C. to Sri Lanka. How long were you there? So we were in Sri Lanka for two years. Um, we these the posts are similar to a military military lifestyle. So our first it was our first assigned post, and it was a two year post, and that that kind of made it harder because I felt like we got the hang of it, and it was time to leave. You know, it's just it's such a different culture. Culture shock is so real, and you know by the time we started figuring out dynamics and how people operated and um, that timelines were so different from our American-minded timeline, you know, that 
then it was time to move. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny you say that because you know we have a large like international community here and I moved here as a teacher and I have a lot of teaching friends and I hear the same sort of thing. Like people usually sign a two-year contract, but it's like by the time you know, that first year is complete culture shock. The second year, you start to feel like you're getting the hang of it. And then by year three, you're like, oh, I got this. Like, yeah. So it is, it, you go through those stages, right? You do. You really do. So you left Sri Lanka and then you came to Mexico, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. okay. So what brought you to Mexico? And did you get a say or do you just get assigned a post? How does that work? So we get a say um, because of the division of the State Department that Eric, my husband, is in. It's called OBO, Overseas Building Operations. And they specifically build or upgrade um, U.S. embassies and consulates all over the world. And so they... Obviously, our selection is limited because it has to be somewhere that has a project ongoing or a new project. And... Um, we looked at the list and honestly i tried to remember kind of what all of our options were but i do remember i just remember the three that we decided were good for our family and one was um montenegro uh, and then one was the bahamas and one was guadalajara mexico and guadalajara ended up being our top pick because in that bidding process you know it's it needs to be a good job for eric it needs to help his career further but then it needs to be a good post for our family and it, we needed, you know, good schools and we needed um, good health care and all of those things that you have to think about when you have um, young children. And so Guadalajara was our top pick. And so we we're super excited when we found out that, you know, we were going to get to to be here. And uh, so, yeah, no, I. I think that's really important to look at that big picture. And I'm glad that you get some sort of say in where you get to go. And is every post, is it two years or how long do you anticipate being in each country? Because I'm assuming Guadalajara isn't your last stop. Oh, no, we are. We so our two year post is done. So we got assigned to Guadalajara for three years. We actually just started October 2nd. We started year three. Um, we've been in two years. And so we're, we're on our last year here. Um, we actually are in that very weird Um, middle ground right now where we don't know if we will be here one more year we have the option to extend or go ahead and um, and bid on another post we're actually looking at the bid list right now and the reason for that for that kind of odd feeling is the pandemic because it just tossed everything upside down you know construction stopped for a while things got delayed some people couldn't stay in the countries that they were in for health reasons and stuff like that so kind of is a fruit basket turnover right now and so we're we're just in a holding pattern we don't even know really what the next year you know after this will look like for us but that's one thing about this life. We've, we've learned to be okay with that. <laughs> but it is not our stop. We will definitely go to another post after this. So. Well, and that totally goes along with um, what you've been doing and sharing on social media with, I know your Instagram account is homemade anywhere. And I feel like you're really embracing that sort of attitude and outlook on life. Like you're just going to make the best of it wherever you are. 
Yeah, yeah, I really think that that is very important. And I think it takes a special person to be an expat um, because you have to be willing to um, embrace someone else's culture and someone else's, you know, like values and what they deem important and what they put emphasis on, even if, you know, it's not something that you were ever exposed to as a child or anything like that. But I also think in the life that we've chosen, it's important to just be aware that a lot of things are out of your control. And I never thought that, you know, that would be a life that would be super appealing to me, but it really turns out that it is. I like having to be in the situation to just, these are our circumstances and how are we gonna thrive in this, these circumstances? How are we going to be successful as a family, as individuals in this location, this home, you know, this, you know, availability of goods, because in Sri Lanka, sometimes there weren't things available. They were Buddhist and they celebrated Poya Day, which is the full moon. It was a holiday. So once a month, every full moon, it was a national holiday. They don't sell meat on Poya Days. And therefore, because the refrigeration and that sort of thing, were not up to like you know, Western standards, they would stop ordering and bringing meat in a couple of days before, and then it would take them a couple of days after to get meat back into the grocery stores or the markets. And therefore for like, you know, four or five days around a full moon, you didn't have availability of like chicken and fish and beef was always hard to find, but you know, things like that. So I kind of sidelined a little bit, but <laughs> my no. point is just learning to like make though, this is our life now. We have to figure this out, you know? <laughs> No, totally. And I love that. And I love the new perspectives you gain after you move to another country. And like you said, embrace some of the timetables or traditions or culture or holidays. Like I didn't know that that was a holiday in Sri Lanka. And that's super interesting. Um, so you brought up the pandemic and how that kind of turned everything all over the place with Eric's job. But also, I know that we have this in common with kids at home right now, with e-learning, things have been a little crazy. Um, so what are some of your tips and tricks for surviving these days with three kids at home and all the e-learning fun that's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, one day at a time. <laughs> um, no, I think the most the thing that's worked the best for us besides just like mandated fresh air you know you got to see the sunshine every day like get outside um which i think we've all just tried to embrace you know during this time um but one thing that we do is um I am a celebrator. I love a party and I love the life. I love the people in my house. I love to cook. I mean, I, it's just, you know, Southern hospitality is real and no matter where we are, like, I love it. I and love that. so we have just started celebrating everything with our family. You know, I, I don't have to have 20 people in my house. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but like we did a, you know, which ironically, you know, that is not even a huge celebration here, but Cinco de Mayo party. We did just the family. We um, decorated our entire house. We made a 
Cinco de Mayo playlist. We made a margarita poke cake for dessert and grilled tacos. I mean, we have just been finding whatever occasion we can find. And we just, we just do it up big as if we were hosting 20 or 30 people, but it's just the five of us. And it gives my kids projects, you know, they'll plan the menu, they'll make decorations. And, you know, even my 14 year old gets, I mean, she's my mini me. She loves it as much as I do. So she'll get on Pinterest and we'll make a craft. And it's just, it's something to work towards and kind of get on board on with. And you know, I really think that that's been one of the things that we've been the most successful for. And then the other thing is in the earlier, you know, part of the pandemic when the weather was super warm and even being outside was a little bit hard kind of in May and um, early June, we, we did the whole baby pool with the sprinkler and the entire family had to sit outside and I would just put sliced meats and cheeses on a big tray and we would make, you know, like, lemonade and add sparkling water so it felt fancy you know with the kids and we we made a COVID playlist I'm not I mean we're big playlist makers (laughs) (laughs) um and we would just sit outside all day and you got hot you sat in the baby pool Eric and I both did the same we would play games you know on the back porch but really we just we just decided that we're just gonna have to celebrate every day even though the celebrations don't look like what you know, they, we think that they should. And then, you know, that makes the days that we have to just put our head down and do what we have to do easier because we're still working towards something on the side, if that makes any sense, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I love, I love your statement. I love a good party. Like (laughs) I can't wait until this passes so that we can have a party together. That sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, And I've seen on your Instagram stories, you guys, it looks like you have this awesome s'more setup where you're making s'mores and hot dogs and all the things. So I can't wait. We do. We do. I have to. Yeah, we have a solo stove, which was a ridiculous purchase that Eric made. Um, I am, I am definitely the penny pincher in our family and he is the like, it's, it's a good thing. Let's do it and enjoy it now, which is wonderful. Um, with, you know, within reason he's, he's good about that. But anyway, he got that and we used the mess out of that thing. We roast everything you can possibly roast over it. And the kids make s'mores and just, you know, like I said, everything's an event and we just try to make it. I mean, because if not, it's, these are crazy times and it can get to you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And you and I will have to talk more about that sometime, maybe not recording. But <laughs> Walter and I are the same way. I'm the penny pincher. And he's the one who's like, when it was super hot, he came home one day with this huge pool. And I was like, what? But then it kind of the same thing. It ended up being the best part yes. of the pandemic because we were in that pool every single day during the hot season so yes yes so yeah you definitely need like some of that balance in our lives Uh for sure (laughs) um so jennifer can you tell us a little bit about some of your passions or some of your hobbies that you've developed whether it's since living abroad or maybe even always yeah yeah so um i kind of touched on those a little bit i'll I love, I love to cook and I love to bake. Um, I always have. Living abroad has stretched those passions because now um, 
sometimes it turns out of like into more of a, out of a necessity, you know, things that my kids just really love that we can't get. Um, and that's not so much the case here in Mexico. You can, we, we've not had a lot of trouble finding anything we want, but like I said, in Sri Lanka, there just wasn't a lot of availability of goods. And so I remember like our first Thanksgiving, I learned, I really, the kids really wanted green bean casserole, just traditional green bean casserole. So I had to learn how to make like cream of mushroom soup in order to make the green bean casserole. And then, you know, frying the little onions for the top. I mean, all of it. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a pioneer woman. Like, where is this coming? <laughs> but, um, but luckily I've always enjoyed that and the challenge. And so now, you know, the mental switch is like, oh, I really wish I had pumpkin spice creamer. You know, I'm like, I'll make pumpkin spice ice creamer we can do this you know so that's a big um that's a big passion and then um you know hospitality I just love I love hosting I love opening our home and I think that that's grown in the foreign service because back in Alabama um I would say it was more of and you know just just to get to do things. And in this lifestyle, it's more out of necessity. People need each other. And it may not always be convenient to show hospitality, but you know, if a new family just arrived and it's the one week that it gets in the 30s here in Guadalajara and they don't have blankets, I mean, you know, it is taking them over at 10 o'clock at night and going here, you know. It's only gonna be this week that it's this cold, but you're gonna need an extra blanket for your bed, you know, or something like that. Um, and I think that um, that just just learning to be available and for people when they when they do need things or when you have people in your home, it's not necessarily because they're your best of friends and you love hanging out, but it's because they're new and they don't know anyone or they're not going home for Christmas and they need they need family in the holidays. You know, our Christmas Eve, one of our Christmas Eves in Sri Lanka, all of the guards and there are um, contractors for a private um, security company and they come and they do these just quick nine month tours and they usually don't bring their family and they're just these guys that they come and they guard the project while it's being built for the United States government. And they, you know, if it hits during holiday season, they don't, they don't have their family They're It's Christmas alone. And so, you know, our Christmas Eve ended up hosting like, I think it was 12 or 13 of these guards and sitting around, you know, I mean, and everywhere you can possibly sit. And it wasn't our traditional one. There was no church service. There was no opening a present before, you know, for our kids. But I think it showed our kids that that's what you do. You know, you, you're there for other people. You open your home up. You extend from what you've got to others. And so I think it's just ignited more of a passion in more of a service mindset than like an entertaining mindset. So, um, and, you know, then... Lastly, long-winded answer, but I've picked up blogging, and <laughs> as you know, um, I'm very technologically illiterate. <laughs> so even though I'm probably ten or twenty years behind the blogging game, um, I've always kept a journal, written, you know, things like that. And so this is just giving me a little bit of a challenge to figure out, you know, how it works, how to put it out there for the world to read, you know. And um, I'm enjoying it, so it's fun. That's awesome. No, and I love that you started that project and I love all of your posts on Instagram. If somebody wanted to find your blog, what's the web address? And I'll put it also in the show notes. Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, it is 
you know, www.thishomemadeanywhere, all one word, .com. So it's just the same as my Instagram name, but there's this in front of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I love um, how you brought up the point of community and really like making a home wherever you go. I think that's kind of what you have embraced and what you share with others. And I've said this before in other episodes and also in my writing, but so often I find that people back home, back in the States, will often write and ask like, wow, it looks like you have such an amazing community, you know, living abroad. And I think that's like one of the most beautiful parts of this experience is really just, like you said, like you need each other and like creating this bond when you don't have family where you are. And it really does add so much richness, I feel like to this experience for us, for our kids, for everybody, right? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I love it. It's, it's for me, where else, where, what other situation are you going to meet someone and just become fast friends, but it's out of a necessity to become fast friends. I mean, you need each other, you know? So I, I love it. Yeah, no, me too. And I love that you are starting to embody some of that with your writing and sharing that with the world. So we'll be sure to share it with everybody who listens as well. Um, where do you, and this is kind of a broad question, I know that we don't always have the answer for this, um, for any of us, but especially with this, you know, life abroad, but where do you see yourself over the next five to 10 years? Um, you know, right now, and I would have to say it depends on the day you ask me, um, because right now I see our family still in the foreign service. Um, but at our next post, we'll, that will be the last post that we'll have Ella, my oldest with us. She'll graduate from high school in our next post. So, you know, in three years, ask me again if I see myself being able to leave her at college in the United States and go back overseas because I don't know <laughs> um, if I can. But we, my husband and I, when we got into this, always just a Um, kind of adopted the idea of one post at a time and when this stops being good for our family we'll look at something else and for a goal-minded person like Eric my husband um, that's a hard hard sell because he he does have his 5 10 15 year goals for me who I am just a very people-minded person, it's easier because I am a, I'm very much a live in the nail. I do like to have a plan, but I'm okay with that plan being short-term. You know, I can, for now, we're here. You know, we may do this and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so that's probably not a really great answer, but that's, that's about it. <laughs> no, but I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. And I also, I don't know if Eric feels this way, cause I tend to be the planner as well. <laughs> and in our family and I feel like 2020 has kind of given me a new perspective on a lot of things because all of a sudden whatever sort of quote-unquote control we felt like we had (laughs) it was taken away from us right and so oh my gosh yes so I feel like you know we're all in this together and the best we can do like you said is you know, take one day at a time if you need to. Even a friend told me, sometimes I just take it an hour at a time. (laughs) Like, it's a lot right now. And to think of one post at a time, like, I think that makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's wise. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we wrap this up, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about today or any advice you'd like to give to others who are maybe thinking about, you know, moving abroad or maybe even just moving and living far away from family and friends? Um, I think that my best piece of advice for anyone who is currently living abroad or um, is considering it is that you can do a lot more than you think you can do. Um, you know, don't let uh, the fear of um, leaving family or leaving what you know or moving to that new place that, um, how would it work, you know, hold you back because we, we can do a lot more than we think we can do. Um, my kids, they just, I mean, they're my heroes. They're amazing at how resilient they are and how they embrace the changes. And they're not, they're not, um, they don't complain. And, and we do have, I mean, I'm not going to make it sound like sunshine and roses. We have moments of, of tears and, and what did we do? And, oh my gosh, how are we going to make it? You know, just like anybody would in any situation, but they're very resilient. And we just try to keep those lines of communication open so that it's always a healthy environment to just lay it all out on the table and then work through it together as a family. But, um, you know, you, you can do those hard things. And, you know, I would have said that my family would ha would be probably some of the 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 biggest naysayers. I don't I don't know how to say that without making them sound terrible because they've gotten on board and they've been amazing. But at first, you know, they were just like, "How's this going to work? You have a baby, you know, you're leaving. We're going to miss you." I've always been very very close with my parents, but that didn't change. In fact, my mom and dad flew to Sri Lanka. I mean, they had never left the country. Oh, that's amazing. The first time they ever <laughs> left the U.S., they flew Aww. to South Asia. So wow. you know. Even if it doesn't seem like it could happen, people get on board. You just, just, you can do it, you know, just, just try. <laughs> so, don't I, be afraid. <laughs> aw, no, and I love that. And I love just your spirit and your heart behind all of this because it shines through. Um, so I can't wait until we can actually hang out in person and have some of those s'mores and celebrate whatever is coming down the road, whether it be Halloween, Thanksgiving, like we'll make something happen. Um, that but, sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> but thank you so much, Jennifer, for being a guest today. I can't wait to share this. And I love learning more about your story. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. If you enjoyed today's episode and if you were encouraged by the message, I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Take a screenshot and post it to Instagram and tag me so that we can keep growing together. And until next time, with heart and humility, embrace la musica. <laughs>